Thank you. It's a little bit warm, isn't it? Yeah? I hope you've had a good week. Yeah? Yeah? Good. I love Keith's testimony, don't you? Oh, I did go on a bit, but it was a good one. It's probably nicked five minutes of this, but don't worry, we'll, we'll get there. Well, I've had a slightly different week this week. I've been to a place called Encounter Camp. What is Encounter Camp? Well, Encounter Camp is a camp on a farm called Spitten Farm up in Worcester, a place called Lenchwood Christian Centre, and it is a place where people come from, about seven churches in the country, it's all their outreach um, project uh, people that come, uh, the workers, the servers, and the guests. And we take them up there and we give them a week of Jesus Christ. But we are very gentle with them. These people are from really difficult backgrounds, been in really difficult situations, had uh, a really tough life, but they are full of hope. They are full of hope, and we are full of hope for them too. Well, how did Encounter start? Well, up there it says there's 10 years it's been going. And it started by a guy called Jim Harper, who went to this farm for another reason. And while he was there, he heard God speak to him. And God said to him, you bring my people here, and I'll show you what I can do. So Jim, who was of faith, decided that he was not only going to hear God speak to him, but he was going to trust what God was saying. He was going to believe in it. And by carrying this out, by starting up this encounter camp, he witnessed what God could do in people's lives. It is an absolutely amazing place. And it is, it is a blessing to be able to be part of it. But I want to ask you, would you do the same? Would you speak to those that uh, you may think are past being able to reach by God. That if you did speak of Jesus to them, that they would be wasted words. I'll come back to encounter later, but today's message is from Luke's Gospel. It's chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. If you've got your Bibles or your phone apps, you are more than welcome to get them out. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path, it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. We've got all, all got here. We've all got ears here today, haven't we? Yeah. 
So let's listen. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak to them in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. And then Jesus gives the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. That the devil may come and take the words away from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures. And they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Now as I looked at this message, I was struggling to think, how how do I relate to this? What story have I got to tell? And I'll tell you this story. It's when I... As a young child, about this high, I used to help my granddad in his garden. And he had a little vegetable plot. And he would ask me to help him. And so what we would do, we would prepare the soil. We'd get a rake, and we'd rake out all the stones and all the weeds, and we'd take the clumps of soil and we'd break them down so that they'd become fine. This is so that when we planted the seed, that the seed would have the easiest opportunity to grow, that it'd find its way out. But looking at this parable, I thought this is, this is not what the farmer was doing. He was not preparing the soil. He was not taking out the weeds. He was not taking out the rocks. He was just sowing. I'll give you an example. In 2006, a family moved into a street probably about one to two miles away from here, in 2006. And unbeknownst to them, there was a group of Christians from a local church and Christians from this church as well. And they would walk around the local streets and they would pray for people to come to know Christ in the houses. They didn't know the people, they knew some of them but they still went out and sowed anyway. And they prayed to God, and they knew that God was listening to them, and they offered it up to him, and they said, God, would you come and have your way in this street? Would you move among the families? These seeds that we are sowing, would you see that they come to fruition? Would you see that they grow? Well, for one particular family, it took five years them to come to Christ. Five years. You see, we don't know how deep the soil is when we sow, but we do trust in God that he's going to move. 
but I'll come back to Morris later. I believe this is more like the farmer in the parable, that we are called to sow in faith, just like in the picture there. That guy has definitely not prepared the, the ground. <laughs> but he is sowing in faith. He knows that there will be growth there one day. He just doesn't know when. And just like that guy, we're not called to go out and look for people that we think will believe in the word of God. People that we think are the right soil. Because it's not about us. It is about them. God hasn't asked us to go and do the weeding. He hasn't asked us to validate people on his behalf. He's just asked us. He's given this seed. We've got a big sack. We are just to dig our shovel in and just scatter it. That is what we are called to do. We are called to bring good news to people. And we leave it to God to, to do the work. It's interesting to know that the heart has four chambers. And the action of the heart is that it takes blood from one part and it pumps it round into a bottom chamber, through the other bottom chamber, back round and up into the top. There is a rotation motion going on. And this is what we've got to give space and time for. When we bring the good news to people, that we know that there's going to be a rotation in their hearts of the word. And we've just got to trust that the word will eventually land in good soil in the heart. You see, we don't know really what's going on in people's lives. So there could be times when this, even this message today will mean absolutely nothing. But I know it will go in your hearts and I know one day you will look for it. And when you look for it, it will find good soil. And there will be growth. Because we have to put seeds into darkness to give them an opportunity to find the light. Now I said I'd return to that story about the family in 2006. Well it took them five years to come to Christ and I'll just explain how that happened. In January 2011... The wife of the family was pestered by a neighbour to come on a course called Alpha. It's a course about finding out who Jesus is. But more importantly, it's a course designed to find out where people are at and what they believe. And so every Wednesday, the wife would come home and the husband would say, So, how'd you get on today? What did you learn? What did they tell you? Now, the husband was an atheist. He didn't believe in any of it. He really thought it was all nonsense. That there was no God, that there was no Jesus. There was no salvation, there was no forgiveness, there was no mercy, there was no grace. These were just words. There was no heaven, no salvation. They meant absolutely nothing. 
and he thought it was a real danger that people went around and filled people's heads with nonsense. So his wife would come home on a Wednesday and he'd say, you know, what did you find out? She'd tell him and he'd go on the internet, which is the best place to do your research. <laughs> it's not, by the way. And uh, he read up about Alpha and he found that what was told about it was that it was a cult. That it really wasn't what church was about. It was some course designed by a guy called Nicky Gumbel and it really had nothing to do with Jesus. That it was something more sinister about it. So every week she would come home, she would tell him how she was getting on and uh, he just said, no, this is nonsense. But what he couldn't deny was that there was a change going on in his wife, that he could see something happening and it was a good change. But it also worried him because if this decided to be wrong or the people that have built his wife up would one day leave her side and move on to someone else, that actually he would have to pick her up and that she'd probably be an emotional wreck. And so he wasn't happy that her brain had been washed and that he was going to go and sort the church out. Yeah? And so he asked, when is the next alpha? Because I'm going on it and I'm going to tell him. <laughs> and so this, this guy went on alpha and the first thing he noticed when he went in that room was that everyone was welcoming, that he didn't feel judged, that he was just accepted as he was to come in and do this course. The first night went reasonably well. He attacked them pretty well. He told them what he thought. And they just accepted it. They said they, they're good questions. And he went back the second week. And he went back the third week. And when he came home on the third week, he said to his wife, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, I've had enough. They uh, have nothing to offer me. It's all nonsense. So I'm not going anymore. The following week, his wife said, are you going tonight? And he said, yeah, I am. <laughs> he said, I'm going because I owe respect to the people that I met there, that they were so kind and that it would be the right thing to do is to go back and just say thank you to them. So he went back and he said thank you but he did stay that evening. And then he went back the following week. And then he went back the following week. I think he was about seven weeks in and him and his wife were invited to a place called uh, Pentecost 2011 which was at the O2 and it was a big seminar and he went along with his wife and a few, few friends and he was in this stadium and he looked round and there was about 14,000 people there and the music started up and everyone was rocking out to this Christian music, you know. And he was looking around thinking, this isn't Christianity, what is this? 
But he got into the music and he gave it a chance. And there came a moment in the evening where Nicky Gumble turned round and he said, we are going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come in and make his presence. And so everyone stood up and Nicky Gumble prayed. And with their arms in the air and their eyes shut, they waited. And right in the corner there just started to hear people laugh. And it was a motion like a Mexican wave. It started in that corner and it slowly moved round this arena. And this guy's got his hands up and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. And it goes straight past him and it carries on going round the room. Everyone's joyous and, and praising the Lord and some are crying. People are laughing. It's all going on. And this guy's standing there with his arms up thinking, what is wrong with me? Why didn't the Holy Spirit come to me? What have I done? So Nicky Gumbel said, for those of you who are Christians who have been filled with the Spirit before, would you like to sit down because we are now going to pray for those that haven't. And for those that haven't, please stand and stay standing. So this guy feeling really exposed in front of 14,000 people stood there with his hands up and as Nicky Gumbel prayed this guy felt a warmth coming down his arms and this guy knew that something was going on. It wasn't tiredness <laughs> from his arms being up so long. He knew something was happening. By the end of the night they all got in the car and they drove home and while they were driving home they asked, so what did you think? And this guy didn't say a word. Because he knew. He knew that it wasn't just words, there was something else happening. On the Saturday following that, there was uh, a time called Alpha Saturday, where in, it's a part in the Alpha course where we, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come and meet with people, just like in the evening that the guy had. And um, in that moment, you can, you can pray and receive prayer, and you can come to Christ if you're not a Christian. If you are a Christian on the course, you can still pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a great course, and there's a lot to be learnt there. So this guy decided that he'd get out of the way of himself, and I think he was wanting a little bit of what he felt the other night. And so he asked for prayer, and he asked for Jesus to come into his life. And Jesus did meet with him. Jesus did meet with him. And his fears were gone. He didn't feel guilty about his past. He felt forgiven. He knew that his heart had been changed. And he knew that because he believed, he'd been saved. I mean, that is amazing, isn't it? Two or three months on, the husband and his wife came to this site and they got baptised. That was, that was five years from people sowing that seed. And four years on from then, that husband is standing before you bringing this word. go 
go back to Encounter Camp. Not literally, but I'm going to take you back there in a story. <laughs> I do want to go back there literally, by the way. I'd stay there. It's a great place. There was a guy who came here this morning. Um, if you were here this morning, you may have seen him. Uh, his name is John, and he is so tall. He's straight out of the East End. He has lived a really colourful life. A really colourful life. And John had done the Alpha course um, earlier this year. And I wouldn't say he was a believer, but he'd got himself a Bible and he'd read right the way through it, which is amazing. And... He'd heard about Encounter Camp and he thought, okay, I'll go along. I've got an invite, I'll go. So the minibus was full, which left me and him to go up in my van. And it was an amazing drive. I knew this guy, although he wouldn't admit it, would come to Christ on this week. I knew it was going to happen. You see, John was carrying seeds that were finding or waiting to find good soil, that had been reading the Bible, had been mulling it over and it had been going round in his heart. And so I got him to encounter camp and I got him there early because I like to leave early. And we arrived and we helped set up the place. And Jim Harper, the guy who set it up, decided that we'd have a, a little prayer group and just pray for the week. And this guy, John, said, I'm not, I'm not, don't want to be part of it. That's all right, you guys do it, but I don't want to join you. So as we was praying in a room pretty much like this, and set of doors at the back there, we was praying in a circle, and I looked up, and I saw John come through the doors, and I thought, here we go. And he listened to us praying, and then he came over to us, and he joined the circle, and he said, listen, I want to tell you something. I'm here to look, listen and learn, he said, but if at any point I don't want to be part of this, you've got to let me just be who I am. And we said, that's absolutely fine, John. That is absolutely fine. So the first evening we have our meeting and we have our worship and you can see the tears rolling down his face and he goes out the side door and he takes himself away and I thought, that's all right, that's all right. He came back in later and he joined in. On the second night, we had an opportunity where if people wanted to come to Christ there and then, there was an opportunity and that they could be prayed for at the front, that they could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the guy said to him, anyone want to do that, please stand up. And there was a few people standing and John said he looked around and thought, what a load of mugs. And then he looked down and he found that he was standing too. <laughs> and uh, he went down the front and he received prayer. And he got filled. And he was on another planet. He could not believe it. He was taken away. And for the whole week, he got more and more into it. And by the Thursday, when we have like a party evening... He was not only dancing by punching the air and getting into it, but he was actually standing on a chair doing it. 
And then he got his camera out and he started to run around taking photos of everyone that had impacted his life in that week. It really was amazing. He had heard the good news and he'd seen the kingdom of God. He'd seen the kingdom of God because he'd seen people being healed that week. He'd seen people being broken free from their addictions. People making a stand and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to follow Christ. You see, in that picture there is a picture of a field and that was just up the road from where we were. And I still hadn't prepared this sermon. I think that was on a Wednesday, so I had a few days before today. And uh, I took that picture and what that picture represents to me is not that picture. <laughs> what that picture represents to me is that on the bottom there we have a pathway and it's got stones in it and it's hard, it's hard ground. And if anything fell on it, actually, it wouldn't, probably wouldn't grow. But in the top pictures you'll see a field and you can see where the farmer has sown his seed and that there's bare patches where there's really hard soil and it's quite lumpy and there's bits of stone in it and such. But I know that when I go back next year, there's probably going to be something growing there. And as I see all that corn standing there, reaching out to God, with a light coming down on it, I see people. I see people filled with the Spirit and filled with God's Word. And they're seeds. And them seeds are going to be scattered. I've got a verse to share with you and it just backs up what I'm saying there but it also should hopefully give you some confidence about if you're going to go out there and spread the word. If you're going to trust God that he can move in people. Because do you know what? We are difference makers. If we step out in faith, we are difference makers. I know it's God that does the change but his word starts it off. And the verse I'm going to share with you is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. And it says, God who supplies seed for the sower and bread to eat will also supply you with all the seed you need and will make it grow. You see, he's saying there that he will give you the seed and he will make it grow. And it will produce a harvest from your generosity from the fact that you would spend your time sowing his seeds, that he would bring a harvest. Isn't that comforting to know that? There's another verse, and it's from Isaiah 55, 11. And it says, My word will not return to me until it accomplishes what I intended. So as I'm at the end of this message, you may be asking, where does it leave me? Where does it leave us? But if you're encouraged by what you've heard and you're a Christian, I just want to encourage you a bit more and say, keep sowing. Don't do any weeding, just sow. Just enjoy that experience. Don't choose places where you think it'll be right. Just share it everywhere, wherever you are. And if you've come here today and you don't believe, all I would ask of you is that you just give this time and space in your hearts that you will remember today and that you may go back to this place 
in a time of need and you may look for those seeds because Jesus will make them grow. Just want to pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your seed. I thank you that you are the one that provides us with a faith to go out there and sow. To not worry about the, the soil in which we're putting the seed out on. It will comfort you to know that you are there with us always. And Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you'd come speak into our hearts now and as we leave today and encourage us about these words and speak to us. And Holy Spirit, I ask that in times of need you would reveal these words and that we would come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.